Hey guys, welcome to Nothing Is Lost, where we discuss all things Christian lifestyle, theology, and Bible literacy. I am so happy to be here today with you guys to share my daily reflections on Ephesians 2, 17 through 22. Guys, can you believe we're already through the second chapter of Ephesians? It seems like it's going so slow, but going so fast all at the same time. But I guess it's true what they say, time flies when you're having fun. This also kicks off our second week together as we work through our Read With Me of Ephesians. So, 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 so happy about so many of the things that we're learning and so many of the messages that I've gotten of how this study is helping you and growing you. If you are enjoying this study, please, please, please feel free to jump into the comments and share what you're learning. I want to know how this study is affecting you. You can always email me at leslie at nothingislost.me and that's leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y at nothingislost.me. I'll make sure to link that in the comments so that you have opportunity to share what it is that you are learning and what you're getting out of this study. And if you are listening to the podcast on Anchor, I would love to have you to record a a voice message for me. If you record that voice message, it sends it to me and I'm able to include it so other people can hear what you're saying. I'll make sure I link that information for Anchor as well. So let's jump right into the text for today. This is... Um, Again, another power pack section. It continues our conversation from yesterday. What Paul let us know that our past is no longer relevant and we're pressing on toward the future. And he discusses the amazing benefits that God has given us by bringing us into his family. Today's reading started with verse 17. And I'm going to read a little bit today um, as I discuss different verses just to kind of highlight different things that I want to point out. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. So if you'll remember yesterday um, in the blog, which I do apologize, guys, because there was no video yesterday. There was no podcast, only a blog. Literally, all of my electronics decided to quit working at the same time. So it took me three times of actually writing the blog to get it published. But nevertheless, God is still good. And I believe that the word that went forth yesterday was the word that needed to go forth and it reached those who it needed to reach. Now, back to verse 17. I'm going to read it again. Um, And it says, And he came near and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. Um, If you'll remember from the blog yesterday, if you haven't read it, I've linked it below for you. Um, But yesterday, the entire thing was this idea of being brought near. Um, Paul emphasizes to the believers in the Ephesians church that at one point, uh, Gentiles were seen as being so far from God and being separated. However, when Jesus came, Jesus came to bring everybody in. He brought the Jews in because they were already considered to be near. He brought the Gentiles in because they were considered to be far off. In just a few moments, we're going to discuss another verse and we'll kind of talk about implications and ways that we kind of see this illustrated in Paul's writing. Um, And that was really one of the things that really stood out to me, though. Um, But in other words, he's saying, no, it's no longer Jew and Gentile, separate person. No, I brought everybody to God. Verse 17 is considered in a lot of ways to be a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. In Isaiah 52, 7, which people may be familiar with, where it says, how beautiful are the feet. I'm sorry, that is not what it says. It's not how beautiful are the feet. Isaiah 52 and 7 is when he talks about 
bringing the gospel um, to the people. And he lets them know that it will be the fulfillment um, of his word that he will bring peace. And then also in Isaiah 57, 19, where he says to the people, peace, peace. He emphasizes that I'm bringing peace to those who are far off. And I recommend if you read um, the Isaiah 57 passage, make sure you go back a little ways and get it in context. Anytime you go read a verse, make sure you read context. But in that context, it says powerful things about how God saw who we were, knows who we are, realizes the things that we've done, but still he says to us peace. Um, Verse 18 says, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Um, again, this deals with this whole idea that there's no more Jew and Gentile and there's no more you're better than me or I'm better than you. No, he's brought us all near to him. And in verse 18, the Jews and Gentiles both have full access to God. There's not uh, because you're a Jew, you're closer, or because I'm a Gentile, I'm considered more special. No, we're all God's children. God makes no distinction between his children, whether they're natural born Jews or Gentiles. He makes no distinction. We're all his children and we all have equal access, all have equal rights. This is the equivalent to a family having stepchildren, how you have one biological child, one stepchild. No, we're not, we don't do that. We have one family. It's one connection, one body. In verse 19, it says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And we're going to camp out here for a second. Um, In the specific text, we see three different relationships that it points out. We see the stranger, the alien, and we see citizens. What's so interesting here is by definition, a stranger would have been a complete foreigner who was unknown, had no rights, no privileges, no involvement. Second level, you would have had the alien who would have been considered a neighbor or a temporary resident, and they would have had some um, temporary rights or some partial rights. And thirdly, we have citizens. Citizens were provided full protections and full rights under the law. If you'll remember back in the book of Acts, one of the biggest situations arose when Paul tells them, you treated me like a criminal. However, I'm a Roman citizen. Well, it was illegal to treat a Roman citizen any kind of way. So with this same, in the same context, the people of Ephesus would have understood that when you say that you're a citizen of a specific place or a citizen of a specific territory, there were certain protections and rights that that provided. For example, in the, in the context of the Romans, you weren't allowed to beat a Roman by for punishment. You weren't allowed to just throw them into any kind of jail. They had specific places that they had to be treated. They were always treated with care and with dignity. Um, So in the same way, we see that three-tiered relationship um, with Jesus where he says, no, you're not a stranger to me. You're not someone who I don't know. You're not an alien. You're not just somebody who's next to me and can reap some of the benefits, but not all the benefits. Instead, I made you citizens and you get the full benefits of being a child of God. In verse 20, It reads, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. This verse is rather interesting for a number of reasons, uh, partially because of what it could represent. Um, Some people use this as the idea to represent that they're no longer apostles and prophets in the church. Uh, Some people say that it has to do with the apostle-prophet connection in the early church. 
And some still say that it represents um, the apostles being the foundation of the church and the prophets, all of them, whether they be Old Testament, New Testament, modern day, or what have you, those who are being built up into the church. Um, I don't necessarily settle in one way or the other. I'm still, I still don't have a full revelation of that. So I kind of just let the theological conversation there be what it is because it's not going to keep me from heaven. It's not going to keep me from God. So it's okay. It's just one of those things that is interesting to know. But the thing I wanted to emphasize here is Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And when you think of a cornerstone, a cornerstone is what gives us stability. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, com- why I'm comfortable with saying I don't have an opinion on that specific uh, section of scripture one way or the other, other than the fact that I know that Christ is my stability. Um, at the end of the day, as long as I believe in Christ and believe in his sacrifice and what he did, then I have everything I need. It's not going to benefit me one way or the other to know exactly which apostles it applies to, which prophets it applies to. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Christ is the chief cornerstone, and that's the most important thing. And lastly, I wanted to point out verse 22. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling for God by the Spirit. This verse to me is so paramount, especially in times like these. Um, Of course, we're doing this read with me during the coronavirus pandemic. Um, For many of us across the country, our states were opening up and now things are getting worse. Um, And in many ways, they need to close back down, but they're telling us they're not going to close back down. And we just don't know. It's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questions. And um, this verse, this verse specifically addresses the idea of having to go and worship in a specific place um in the old testament new testament early church there was this idea that in order to worship and in order for your worship to be heard you had to be in the temple uh so people would make pilgrimages to the temple um if you remember the story of the samaritan that's believed where the samaritan was you know the samaritan was heading he was leaving from jerusalem from the place of worship likewise um when jesus met the woman at the well She says to him, well, you say that we should worship here and we say that we should worship here. You know, Jesus says there comes a time when when we won't worship it either. And this is the time that Jesus is speaking to when worship is no longer restricted to the temple. Um, We have become the dwelling place of God. Um, When Jesus died, we were gifted with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit um, indwelt us and became God within us. And because of that, we no longer have to be just in the temple where the presence of God was. The presence of God um, lived in the temple. It hovered in the temple. It dwelt there. However, when Christ died on the cross, there was a a veil that was torn, thus separating um, the holies of holies from the rest of the temple, um, destroying this idea that we needed an intermediary, that we needed a priest to go back and forth to God for us. Whereas now we have full access to him once again and we are brought near and we have become the dwelling place of God on earth so those are just a few things that stood out to me today in our reading of Ephesians 2 17 through 22 I pray that you found them to be a blessing for you as well I am overjoyed that we begin chapter 3 tomorrow chapter 3 is actually one of my favorite chapters in the book of Ephesians. Most people are in love with Ephesians 6, but I'm in love with Ephesians 3. And there's actually one very, very specific verse that I absolutely love 
in Ephesians 3 that I will share with you guys when we get to it. Um, again, one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite chapters. Um, when you look at the context and the content of those verses. So tomorrow's reading assignment is Ephesians 3, 1 through 4. I look forward to joining you back tomorrow for our daily reflections. Um, If you have any questions, feel free to email me. The email is in the show notes, or you can jump in the comments. You can DM me on any of my pages. Don't forget, if you haven't already, go subscribe to the YouTube page. Subscribe on YouTube, turn on that notification bell so you never miss a video. If you're on Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram at Nothing's Lost, N-O-T-H-I-N-G-S-L-O-S-T. Nothing's Lost, make sure you're following us on Facebook and you have your notifications turned on. You never want to miss new news. So again, thank you so much for tuning in and we are delighted to have you as a part of the tribe here at Nothing Is Lost, where we discuss all things Christian lifestyle, theology, and Bible literacy. Have a wonderful day and we'll see you tomorrow with our daily reflections. Mm